Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. It's Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where your Seattle Seahawks are one-on-one. They've won on the road against the Detroit Lions, 37-31 with an overtime victory. Super, super exciting stuff from Seattle, having that walk-off touchdown. And Griff, a lot of people doubted that Seattle could do this. You were, as ever, a bit more copy than the rest of them, and you've been proved correct. So Griff, how do you feel after that one? uh feel um i mean actually like my id is a little disturbed still because i don't like what happened on defense um but now i still have a whole cope thing there cope stratagem for that and and spiels etc and rants but uh, the offense played really well um the offense was dynamic it had staying power which is cool the offensive line i mean an absolute inspiring performance from Stone Forsyth and Jake Curran, Spelling, Charles Cross, and Abraham Lucas. I mean, awesome stuff. Um, so that that was really cool to see. Um, now that said, that was mainly in protection. They weren't really moving guys, blocking as much as you, you'd want. Um, I thought Ken Walker, Walker had a good game, though, despite that. Like, like he ran hard. Oh, we got a fumble. Oh, it's been recovered by the Patriots. Anyway, um, yeah, it was all in all... Uh, it was a good game. Gino is just, he is, he has only reaffirmed that he's like a top tier. Well, probably like in that second tier of quarterbacks, I think um, he's the real deal. And they put the game on his shoulders. Shane Waldron called a good game. I thought Pete managed the game well for the most part um, in terms of like in, in game management. So I don't know. How do you guys feel? How are we feeling? Feeling great. Feeling great. Feeling a lot better than a, you know, last week, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, man, you called it, Griff, on Twitter the other day, pointing out, you know, how uh, Forsyth and oh. uh, Curran's strengths really match well with, you know, what the Lions pass rushers do. And I think we we saw that play out uh, today. Um, you know, like you mentioned, it wasn't a great day run blocking wise, but what they were able to do pass blocking uh, against a really talented pass rushing unit is uh, very, very impressive. They were huge today. Uh, and I mean, this wouldn't have been possible without those guys uh, for sure. And, you know, Gino was just 
out of his mind today. Uh, even when the Lions were able to get pressure and when they got into the backfield, he was able to make some really, really impressive throws in the short and media, intermediate. Um, so impressed with Gino. Gino was incredible today. Uh, two of Gino's best games have been in that building. Uh, he's been just amazing to watch uh, against the against the Lions. Um, and just the fact that he was able to, you know, after that terrible last drive in uh, in regular in regulation, to come back to bounce back, they win the toss, and he makes a couple of big time third down throws. Just awesome, awesome, just gold stars across the board for uh, for that offensive unit. Uh, and uh, you know, the defense that started out really poor and kind of ended poor, but uh, they figured some things out. They actually were able to generate some pass rush finally and good things came from that, right? They they were able to rattle Goff a little bit. He ends up throwing the pick six. Uh, so I think there's some positives to take away from the defense as well. So overall pretty happy with what we saw today. Yeah, obviously I'm happy too for similar reasons. So the, the major story is Geno Smith and then that offensive line. So Geno went uh, 32 completions on 41 attempts for 328 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Really how that was able to happen was uh, Jake Hearn slitting, uh, slitting, slotting in seamlessly on the right side and then Stone Forsyth on the left not really being noticed that often. If you exclude that mad Geno moment at the end of the uh, regulation, uh, the regular playing time, he wasn't sacked. I think the pressure numbers will be good. We'll have to wait for those to come out. But I don't really recall him not having the time to read out the concepts that were called for him. I think also you have to take your hat off and credit Shane Waldron for a mixed yeah. up uh, protection plan. And even on the run blocking front, I know Walker finished 17 attempts for 43 yards. But some of those were goal line carries where you know it reduces the the, the average. And then... I think some of it was him trying to get a bit over creative again. I think maybe yeah. he left some yards on the table and obviously also gained some yards, but I, I just didn't notice them as a complete option, uh, as a complete problem. So, um, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, Curhan was an undrafted free agent in 2021. Forsyth was what a, a day three pick, certainly fifth round, sixth round, uh, yeah. in that same draft cycle. And for them to come in and, and do what they did in offense, which, uh, in the main was was pretty damn impressive for them to put to bed the problems of not finishing you know that that disappointing second half against the rams i think they've buried a lot of those kind of mental aspect concerns where they they went in and and Pete Carroll said at the end in his press conference how this was a big deal for them coming into the game and and getting you know uh, showing they could win against anyone no matter the opponent uh, right, Griff, yeah. I mean, do you have anything to add on Gino's performance or do you want to talk about the receivers? Um, well, I mean, really quick, I wanted to talk more about Stone and, and Jake there for, for a little bit. I mean, Jake played six good games in, in the, the latter third of the 2021 season. I mean, he looked mm -hmm. like a legit starter and I thought there was a, a strong chance they were going to roll into 2022 with him being a starter. I still like the idea and premise of, of Abraham Lucas the pick and the player moving forward as a starter. I still think that's going to be the case, but um, I mean, Jake showed like why, you know, I mean, he, he kind of re reminded us of that. He's played good games as a starter before and, and for a prolonged period of time. So it was cool to see that stone Forsyth has been a little up and down in the very few snaps we have seen of him. 
in regular season games. He's shown some promise in preseason, some not so much. But I mean, we have to remember at at Florida, he played in a pass heavy offense that put him on an island in five man protection in the SEC, and he kept um, his quarterbacks upright. Uh, I mean, that's what he does. He's a technician. Um, it, it was cool to see that translate, like his actual skills translate. And it was cool to be able to project forward, like, because so often you you have an idea of what a player can and can't do. You go up, you know, then you see what they're going up against, what that player can, can't do. And then theoretically, things should shake out a certain way. And it never shakes out the, exactly the way you think it would. And, you know, they end up regressing in an area that is supposedly, that supposedly their strength and vice versa. And sure enough, I mean, it was, it was Jake clamping down on stone for, um, on Aiden Hutchinson's, you know, hard corner moves, um, anchoring against his power moves. And then it was stone Forsyth not giving up the, the deep corner on James Houston. And then, and then on top of that, they, they both kind of like, I think current, um, Kerham, he gave up the corner a little bit, but it was more like the nine to 10 yard range. It wasn't the seven, eight yard range. And then Forsyth, he was stout. I mean, he would get, give a yard or two, and then he dropped his anchor and then he'd hold the line. And Gino, in some of those cases, had all day. Um, it, it gave him some scrambling opportunities um, when the, the defense forced coverage scrambles. And it also let him find a, an open guy, um, extend a little bit. So um, it was just an all around really good performance and, and really inspiring. It was definitely something that I'll always remember this game for, like even if Charles and Abraham are back in the lineup soon, um, this game will always stand out like that was the that was the Forsyth and, and Curhan game, you know. It was it was good stuff. Yeah. Also want to give a quick shout out to Evan Brown who left the game uh for a little bit with a knee injury. Uh, he was playing through some obvious pain, but he was he was battling through it and he had a pretty solid game against the former team. So, that was cool. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I yeah, go ahead. Go on. Well, I was just going to say I didn't notice how Olubatimi played, so I was curious if you guys had any thoughts, but I don't so think I anything negative. I think he was only in for that out. one drive, and they, mm. well, I say one drive, it was a goal line touchdown run, and then I think he left the game again. I think Brown returned. Uh, so I think fine for that one play, but uh, I, I have to rewatch to see about I that. I think he got but... two drives, including that one that you're talking about. Oh, okay. Like, I think he, he, I think he got the, like, he came in at the goal line, but I think he also got, like, one full drive. Maybe I'm wrong yep. on that, though. Okay. Makes sense. Sounds right. Yeah. So how about these receivers, guys? Because Gino was, mm. I think, in the main, making the, the right decisions, the right reads. But DK Metcalf, he spoke in the week about basically playing better uh, and, and everyone not being out tough, but how he could have finished better himself. And he finished uh, six catches for 75 yards, including that beautiful catch in overtime over the middle Mm-hmm. For for first down, I think it was on third down as well. Getting yeah. behind, yeah, it was, and mm-hmm. two man like inside trail coverage, and then super strong hands at the catch point to hold that in with two defenders draped on him. Very impressed. And then Tyler Lockett, eight catches, fifty nine yards, and two receiving touchdowns, including that walk off. I mean, holy mackerel! These guys are yeah. these guys are good sure, players, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, no, they're really good. They're really good. And we we saw JSN get a little more involved today. Uh, not a lot beyond the sticks, but he was he able to make some catches, stuff happen. Though, Ty. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had five catches, and you know when they did throw to him behind the sticks, he was at least able to make something out of nothing with those. Uh, so yeah, you know he had a solid game. I mean, he's still probably recovering from that injury, so he's kind of easing into it. 
Um, but he's been a you know so far a solid complement to to Tyler and, and DK, and I'm sure that's only going to get better and better and better as we go. But I mean, Tyler Lockett, man, he's just he's yeah. so he's so good. And obviously, you know the the first touchdown on that crosser, which is like his favorite route down in the red zone, and yeah. something that he and Gino work on so much and have a lot of different ways that they can uh have that play work out um you know and all the different ways that that Gino can throw the ball on that play um just so impressed with him and and what he was able to do and uh yeah I mean there's just I could go on and on and on about this receiving core but they were amazing uh to to pair with just how good Gino was today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely go ahead you, you, you have the go. floor. You have the floor, Mr. Brown. Continue. There's a slight lag for me. Continue. No, you go first. No, I was going to switch subject. No. Continue, Griff. No, no, switch it. Okay, I'll say, Um, well, this ties into the protection a little bit, but the other thing, Gino in the pocket, with the exception of the one horrible sack, right? Absolutely terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he was getting the ball out too, like only one sack, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so that was protection and the quarterback working synergistically well and again griff there was like there were some plays where guys were getting into the backfield and he was able to either make a guy miss or just somehow find a guy open and i think we're going to talk about tight ends here in a moment but they were huge on a couple of those plays as well as well where he was finding disley where he's finding parkinson like gino was making some stuff happen yeah absolutely it's crazy these tight ends so they were targeted 10 times and caught all 10 targets now one of those yeah there's one came back on a, oh. a offensive pass interference, but mm. uh, they had nine catches for 131 receiving yards. Noah Fant, kind of a, a mini breakout game, or at least a reminder of what he can do, like like just yep. the athletic mismatch he is on a linebacker where he has four catches, 56 yards, and it just looks effortless. And then when he catches it in the in down the field, he has like ability to break one because mm-hmm. he, he's, he just moves. For a guy his size, he can move. Um, and the usage of 13 personnel, 12 personnel, uh, tight mm-hmm. ends in the backfield as like a fullback to then chip edge rushers. I, I, you know, even though you've got struggling tackles, like, you know, it's obviously a smart thing to do there, but I would like to see that more of a, a mainstay in Seattle's approach more often. Like, the, I, I, be as creative as you need to be to help out protection and give different looks. Uh, yeah. Okay, you know, you can get too cute, but I, I felt... Um, all these tight ends contributed not just with the catches, but their their pass protection and what they offered versatility wise. You know, Waldron. I mean, he really is as a coordinator. Like his stamp on this kind of world of offense is definitely the the different personnel groupings. Now, obviously, Shanahan loves the different personnel groupings, but um, you know, Waldron's a little bit more like as Nate Tice referred to it as like he has different silos of offense. But each silo is very balanced. Like it imposes a lot of restraint. Like even like when, when they're when they're going into when they're going into gun, like he's got a quarterback run game that he can just call mm-hmm. like like that pitch, that option pitch to to Charbonnet. It didn't mm-hmm. really work. But the fact that that's on tape now, it's adding just dimensions to what the defense has to account for that in the end really will benefit the dropback game. Um, if if they have to, I mean, if the math shakes out for you, that's theoretically an explosive run in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so defenses are going going to account for stuff like that. So he he really is less a post snap concept play caller as of now, and more like a formation play caller that gets to the that gets to the same concepts in different ways. 
Um, and so it's it's just and then he knows that when it's time to point and shoot, Gino and the receivers and the tight ends will execute. But he gives them good spots. So it's very interesting. I do wonder if we'll see more like post snap concept diversity. Uh, but as of right now, like they don't need it yet. Um, so it's I don't know. It's it's very interesting what they're doing and the fact that they can. I mean, eleven personnel is going to be money for them this year. But right now, twelve is is so effective, and the tight ends are effective in eleven too. You know, um, <clears throat> but uh, so far it's just um, it's it's a lot of diversity. And and the thing is, they're not majoring in anything yet. Like he's just planting seeds. Like he's he's establishing mm-hmm. breadth. And then the depth, he'll backfill with depth as the season goes on. And as one package emerges, he can lean on that package more as he needs. Um, I think right now that's probably 12 because he can do so many things with it. He can run out of it and under center and gun. He can play action out of it. He can do drop back with it. Um, so it's it's all really, you know, I mean, what, what, what he has cooking up is interesting. Um, so... Yeah, if they'd if they'd lost this game, I'd have probably uh, had some concerns about how they haven't really found like their thing on offense yet because it because of the siloed nature, it does appear almost disjointed at times. You know, because suddenly they're doing a different silo of something, and it's like, okay, right. well, this is pretty random and, and feels a bit funky. And the first half and second half, you know, Seattle went two for five. Um, on third down in the first half. In the second half, they went one for four. So there were times where it was a bit scary. Uh, I know that they didn't convert in the red zone one time out of three in the second half. In, in this first half, they only reached the red zone once where they did convert. So there were elements where you saw the offense struggle a bit, and I was worried. I, I found this watching this game very stressful. I burnt my mouth on pizza um, I, because I... Mm. I I just I was too stressed yeah. out. I was like, I need this pizza. It's really hot. Ow, I've burnt my mouth. Um, You're going to war. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's hard for us. It's difficult watching yeah. football. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Ty, were you worried about the offense at all? Or or was it only when Gino uh, took that end of end of game sack, which which put them in a situation where they had to punt and, and basically put the lines immediately into a goal range? Uh, they had some issues finishing off drives, which was kind of an issue last week as well. And obviously, you know, last week you kind of just ball that up and throw it in the trash overall. Cause they didn't, you know, especially in the second half, they just didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to really do anything. Um, it was more just like there were a couple of isolated moments, a couple of, uh, you know, self-inflicted wounds, um, but nothing that I was really overtly concerned about. I mean, yeah, the the last drive in regulation was was bad. That sack that Gino took was obviously horrible. Um, but overall, I I didn't really have much of a concern about their ability to move the ball. I felt like overall they were having some success doing that, uh, which was part of the reason I was so surprised that they looked as bad as they did on that last drive in regulation and. Because I actually felt pretty confident that they were going to be able to just put that game away. Um, but, you know, didn't work out. But, I mean, you saw what they were able to do in overtime. So, uh, you know, maybe that says more about the Lions defense. I don't know. Uh, but Gino, I mean, Gino was undeniably really, really good in this game. And the run game wasn't, like, it wasn't great. But I thought they were pretty good. They were good enough to move the ball at least a little bit and get them into... You know, more short yarded situations 
Um, so yeah, I thought the offense yeah. was fine today. Yeah, yeah. It's and cool I mean, like, an... sorry, real quick though, like yeah. I, you know, like they were good enough today, and I know it's you know overtime and all that stuff, but like they were good enough today to put up at least forty three points. Right, like right. they put themselves in a position to score at least forty three points in this game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, it's always and, a good day. And week ones are are are. Weird. Oh, sorry, thirty six because of the pick six. I didn't account for that. My bad. True, sorry, true, Griff. True. Sorry, Griff. Well, no, but but uh, more to your point, like week ones are unreliable. But and granted, the Chiefs were out. Travis were without Travis Kelsey, but it's still Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and this defense. You know, uh, the Lions defense held them up to whatever they they held them to. What was it, 16 points? Or was it 20? Mm -hmm. Either way, they went on the road. They they go into Detroit and they put up, you know, as many points as they did. So um, they can can sustain drives. They can throw a touchdown at any given point, given their personnel. And they can do it um, in so many different ways. I mean, it's like from different formations, they can feature different players. Yeah. There's just so much, so much going for them. So, I mean, this is what we were talking about during the offseason, right? And like what adding a guy like JSN does for the offense and how much, you know, more dynamic that makes you, but also the tight end group as well. You can do a lot of different things with the tight ends as well. And that's probably why they're having so much success with 12 personnel, 13 personnel. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting to see like once they, once Waldron really starts to find his groove, what does this offense look like once we get to like week eight and beyond? Right. Right. Because they're, they're not even, like to me, like McVeigh loves and and Shanahan and Lafleur again the whole tree. They love to sequence plays off of the same looks. They like to they like to get the same formations, same motions. Then they like to stem the receivers and then have them break different ways to get into a different concept. Waldron hasn't even tapped into that principle really yet because he hasn't needed to. Hmm. He's running really the same plays the same concepts out of different formations and getting there in different ways. Eventually, like as they're adjusted to, as some defense kind of figures the offense out in the way of how they set their packages and they become really versatile with their personnel um, to match the way Seattle's versatile with their personnel and they get the the matchups that they want uh, skill set wise, then the natural counterpunch for Waldron is to then diversify those concepts like we talked about earlier, like like backfill in with the depth based off of the established breadth. So um, like th- this, they, they're scoring points, scoring points now, and there's still kind of a sleeping giant underneath the surface with what they can do just because mm. there's so much offense left in the playbook that they haven't really gotten to. So mm. I was pretty scared, I have to say, when when it was that, the fourth quarter, and I've already mentioned their like relative inefficiency uh, in the second half, but the the series where they ended up scoring a touchdown, but uh, on the third and five where Gino picked it up for a seven-yard scramble uh, at Detroit's um, 12-yard line when JSN didn't line up on the ball uh, uh, and yeah. like nonchalantly checked with the official, classic kind of rookie error, um, mm-hmm. and then Seattle ended up in a third and ten. And that, then that pass short right to Tyler Lockett where they started with him in the backfield, which Griff, again, is a, a nice uh, Shane Waldron play. And then they split him out wide after getting the coverage indicator that it was zone. Corners playing off and inside over the trips bunch. Easy money to uh, to take that for the first down. I mean, that that was huge. And then I was concerned after Gino's sack as well. That that was just so... Um, yeah. Just crazy, crazy football. Um, 
Yeah, but they overcame it, and that, and that's what's uh, really cool to me. They, they overcame well, yeah. all of it. T talking about that drive too, and talking about that sequence in general uh, with the with the illegal formation. I mean, two plays before that, there was the intentional grounding call, which shouldn't have been intentional grounding because yeah, that's, that's not, not the spirit of like, that's not the spirit uh, in, of the rule. The, so in the NFL rule book, like because we we have to, you know, let's 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 be by the book here. The rule summary yeah. on their website says it is a foul for intentional grounding if a passer facing an imminent loss of yardage because of pressure from the defense throws yeah. a forward pass without realistic chance of completion. Yeah, He was not in imminent pressure. Aiden Hutchinson was coming off the edge like he would, but Kirk yeah. had him like... It yeah, was... it, completes, it completely misses the intentional part of intentional grounding. Right. Um, yeah. He threw that after like one second in the pocket. The whole point yeah. was they checked into that play because they had one-on-one. -on -one. Gino alerted into that play to throw yeah. that ball and, and lock it. You could tell pre-snap looked confused. And I was looking there like, uh-oh, this could yeah. be bad. And instead, uh, fortunately, it was man coverage. Lock it running the, the wrong route didn't matter, except it did because the officials went out of the the their way to to call that you know in a way which just didn't make sense yeah. and so the subject of officiating is a hot topic because while we've mentioned Tyler Lockett's ability to to end the game uh, his uh, overtime catch to seal the win for Seattle uh, what happened on that play was and I thought they were going to call it I wasn't very yeah I thought I was so too very very it. calm during that process because yeah. I was like that's coming back because Jake Curhan yeah. on the right side uh, he had a hold he was blocking um Aiden Hutchinson and then Gino as he left the pocket to buy time to find Tyler Lockett which by the way was beautiful improvisation because I believe Lockett had a return route which he then pivoted back out again very hard to cover Gino looked for DK Metcalf uh, to start off with on a fade which was doubled so then came round, bought time found found Tyler Lockett for the touchdown on, on like the zone beating side very impressive stuff but guys was that a hold all I'll say is Cheat Hawks are back. Yeah. Yeah. Cheat Hawks are back. We're so back. I mean, I thought the officials in this game had an absolute stinker. I think for, for both sides, it yeah. just so happened that it was the, the Seahawks who benefited last in a in a big way. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think it helped Hutchinson's case that he did that classic kind of arms in the air, like trying to buy it. Right. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to get called, though. Uh, like when I was when I was watching it live, like it looked pretty obvious, but I watched the replay once. I mean, it didn't look super egregious. It looked like one of those plays where it's like that happens over the course of a game anyway. So that's really just like a you know a gut call, right, for the ref. Mm -hmm. um, and he he didn't call it in the moment, but there were also a lot of calls that went you know Detroit's way as well. So kind of balances out. And I mean. You know, if you don't like it, stop the Seahawks. Right. Like, don't give up the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> and how about Drew Locke, who um, Greg Bell of the Tacoma News Tribune reported he mm -hmm. went up to Geno Smith to confirm he'd called tails and lost to begin a game before. But he, right. Drew Locke said to Greg Bell that he felt the odds were better. It wouldn't be heads twice in a row. So he called tails again. Right. Right. What a call. Just remind Drew Locke. How about that? Now, are are we should, should we does this invoke does this evoke the uh, gambler's fallacy at all? 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, please, please continue. Yeah. So, per, per Google, also known as, of course, the Monte Carlo fallacy, as we all know, of course, it occurs yeah. when an individual erroneously believes that a certain random event is less likely or more likely to happen based on the outcome of a previous event, event or series of events. The coin doesn't have memory. It doesn't know what it did previously. So, oh, did you say gambler's fallacy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Drew, I'm sorry. Greg should have looked him in the eye and said, Drew Locke, you're a great kid, but that's a logical fallacy. Mm. You're fallacious. You're not no. thinking straight. Drew, are you okay? Now um, shake my hand and have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, Drew um, but of course, betting. Greg's a good chap, and he did did not tell Drew Locke to his mm-hmm. face that he is an illogical thinker and an irrational thinker. Right, Drew okay, Locke's so just the winner, we... man. He's yeah, just he a winner. Just, That's all he does. He just wins. Yeah. Before we transition to the defense, two very kind people. We've also had donations. As this this don't this message is so large that we we have to go above it. Um. But we've also had donations throughout the week from uh, various kind people. So thank you so much for donating. Uh, it's pretty simple, I think, via YouTube. Or we've got a Stripe link in the description, which is uh, we share it evenly or thirdly. Mm. Uh, so Jay Smith says, new to your channel and love what you do. You've inspired me to watch more than just the ball during the games. I also like how your criticism doesn't descend into the toilet of fandom toxicity. Keep up mm. the good work. Thank you very much, Jay. And thank Henry, you, long time friend of the pod. Thank you, Henry. Tyler Lockett listed Ford Field as his property. I mean, he, right. he did. He was cooking. That's right. And uh, Bryce Rossler told us in our preview series that we do each week that Detroit's defense wasn't as good as, like, uh, well, wasn't good, and that their DBs would be a problem, and, and mm-hmm. they were. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so the defense. Griff, uh, positive is the run defense appears back. Uh 3.5 yards per carry to the Lions running backs today, so not as good as those 2.6 yards per carry to the Rams, uh, which is excluding that uh, garbage time drive at the end. But uh, still not awful. But then when I posted that, people were like, well, David Montgomery got hurt, and uh, I believe the right tackle went down, didn't he, Vitae? Um, uh, yeah, I think Vitae was playing right guard, though. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Not Penai Sewell. I mean, um, yeah, so Sewell went. Sewell played left tackle today because it was Decker like a out. weird, yeah. Yeah, I don't know weird. who their right tackle was, and that's but... the other thing. Taylor Decker was missing, but but yeah. Griff still the the run defense encouraging, no? It's very encouraging. The, their structure is holding up. Like I think it's real. There might have a game where they might go up against an elite O line and they might just get rocked. But I mean, the fact that they're showing that they can do this, they can defend the run from mm-hmm. too high with four guys on the line of scrimmage and, and make it work and not come at the expense of the coverage, which they had issues in coverage, but not because of how they're scheming against the run. I think it was another case of that. Um, they are, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's really encouraging. Like it's, it's really like huge at this point. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Did you guys have any quick, quick other thoughts on the run defense before we kind of transition to the bad stuff? I believe. 
I'll say that. I believe in the Seattle Seahawks 2023 run defense. So should you, folks. So should yeah. you. It looks good. It looks Planting good. It looks flag. like they Yeah, it looks like they've actually figured some stuff out here and it seems like the uh the personnel that they brought in is really taken to it. Um a bit better Can, than than I think we thought so far, so and like yeah. there are clear players that are better at it than some others, but it really doesn't matter too much what combination of guys of their depth they have out there. They're all doing well. Yeah. At least yeah, I thought Mario Edwards anymore. had a really nice game today. Like Yep. Yep. I mean he he boomed me. He yeah. owned me. Yeah. He uh he's two eighty five and he's playing three technique holding up on combos, which again the scheme makes the combos easier on him because they, they're not on him as long. And there, he's allowed to play a technique where he can be more vertical into the block and not have to hold and read. But still, like it works. And the stunting, it's, right? Yeah, they're they're, they're run stunting as well. There's movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're finding ways to close off the bubble. They're getting action at the running back, making him bend sooner. Then they have three sec, three immediate second level fitters that can fit off of that. So it's it's working. It's uh, it's it's good to see. Um, pass defense, though. So how do we frame this? So the past defense, we can just, if we're going to su- summarize it with one word, we can say it was bad. But there's still something to draw from the fact that I think it was bad in different ways and bad in fewer ways than it was last week. It, it was. I, I, think, I, think few, I think fewer ways. I'm not so sure that the ways are that different. Mm, so sure. just statistically, they gave up eight explosive plays. Um, it felt very tied to the pass rush. Right, like that felt well, like or lack thereof. I guess yeah, my, I mean, my it's, thing. It's, I guess if you say that the pass rush is responsible for some of them, so and then there's like an inexperienced thing going on as well. So yeah. like we need to go and watch the tape back, obviously. But like if if we just go through the plays, the 36 yard touchdown to Khalif Raymond was a flea flicker, which was yeah. a really good design to Devin Witherspoon's side, the rookie who had, yeah. we can talk about him later because he had a good game overall, but mm-hmm. that play was, you know, dressed up to look like duo. He sees a crack back block on his outside backer in front of him. He thinks he needs to replace. It happened just after Seattle had jumped off sides and Detroit had completed a comeback against Witherspoon. So he's already feeling a bit sped up. He's feeling like, oh, I need to get that play off me. I'm going I'm to go make a play. And then it goes over his head and, and those things happen. Uh, then Montgomery had a 15-yard run, so it's a run. I believe that was a kind of sweep-type play uh, fairly early. Oh, no, it was early in the second half. Um, then Goff deep left to Sump Brown for 27 yards. I don't remember that one. Uh, was uh, that the one at the end it? of the half where he fumbled? No, it was at one. the start of the the third quarter. Apparently, was that the start the of the was that was that Julian Love's scene? Yeah, in the dig window. Oh, was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wasn't that Which, just a good catch? I think that was decent coverage. I mean, but it's what seems we see- so similar to the Rams stuff, you know, because it's the same concept. I don't know. I guess when, when I think when I think the Rams, I'm thinking all those dig routes because well, that was a dig. No, it's more like a seam bender. Oh, type okay. Thing. I mean, that, that seemed oh, more yeah, like I a remember it. Yeah, it was a seam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I thought main... Love just needed to punch that out and break it up. Like he, he just went needed for the to pick be stronger almost. through the ball. Yeah, yeah. He went for the. Pick, but I mean, yeah. he was in phase. I mean, he 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 forced a, as tight a window throw as, as possible. Um, I guess the way I view it, it is, there's when they're in zone, I feel like all the spot droppers were getting to the right spots. 
Diggs wasn't leaving the post window. They were defending the go ball for the most part, with the exception of like, you know, the flea flicker and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I really only saw them losing like in like weak side isolation, uh, which is really tough, especially like I I mean, we can get into like schematically what they can do to alleviate that, but it was more, it was less structure failing with the exception of like trick play stuff and just more players getting beat on the, on the spots where they, they have to just win. And again, okay. that's something they can relieve that pressure on individual players. And that's even before we get into the whole, you know, Devin Witherspoon has to ramp up a little bit, get Reek Woolen back in there, get Jamal back, et cetera. Julian Love should theoretically be better, et cetera. Before we even get to that, like there is stuff that they can fix um, or different things they can do to take them out of those situations. But I don't know. I, I thought structure versus structure, they were more competent. I think, Griff, actually, now you've said that, yeah, that's right because the the so twenty five yard play, um, Khalif Raymond. It was a ten yard. It was the jet sweep where Daryl Taylor roughed the passer. So that's not it's not really a pass. It's a run play. Um, mm. Jared Goff passed deep right to Josh Reynolds. We'll, we can talk about that in a second. That was the twenty two yard ca- uh, touchdown catch. Then deep right to Josh Reynolds uh, for twenty yards was the comeback on Witherspoon. So the ice ball stuff you're talking about. Um, and then that's it. <laughs> so, that's it. Th- so think the, about Jared Goff. Where does he throw the ball? Think about boot play action. Like they yeah. weren't they weren't hitting what they normally hit. Um, yeah. so it, it's it's like it's. I think I suspect I said this live. I think Bobby probably played a better game in getting to his spots, like in cover three and getting depth in his hook. Finally, when they're in too high. But it's like like this defense right now is on first down, you're primarily a too high team. You got to stuff the run and prevent explosives. On second down, you pressure a little bit to keep them ahead of the sticks. Then on third down, you play one high zone match or, or, or man. Like, but it's one high and you just have to win. Right now, they can't just win. And the reason why they can't play, continue to play on third down, maybe un- more unique variations of what they run on first down on third down is because those are situations where you're going to have to call on Bobby to do a little bit more r- turning and running. So they take Bobby out of those situations and then thus are really just playing what amounts to what well, you're trying to get man techniques. Again, whether you're doing that cover three, cover one, the point is everyone's accounted for on paper. You then just need to go win. So like right now, like Kobe was getting close. Like, honestly, like I would be frustrated if I was Kobe, like some of it, like he should have almost picked that one play. Right. Some of the other stuff, he's just barely getting beat. But like, he doesn't just have just enough juice. He's a guy who needs pass rush to really help him out. Like the, the throw, the throws can't be perfect darts every time. It can't be seven on seven like throws. He needs some. Uh, he, I mean, I think Kobe can be Jeremy Lane, like peak Jeremy Lane. And Jeremy Lane was nothing what special. What about Deshaun Shed? I don't know. I, I, I feel like they did. They didn't really put Shed in enough one-on-one situations in the slot. I don't think he was actually. No, he did a lot of zone stuff, but I mean, I Jeremy don't think Lane. They call... Jeremy Lane. Yeah, Jeremy Lane was really good. Yeah, especially I, I, the I best see your version point, of him. And you, he can be like... Marcus Burley. There's a name. Well, that's <laughs> no. hey. Remember, how he was like good for like eight games or something. Yeah, like the like the second half of one year, and they brought him back, and he didn't even make the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. thinking, wow, they got him back. He, he's going to be great. Um, 
So yeah, on that point, Griff, so while we've sort of cleared up the explosives and I want to talk about the touchdown down the seam against the cover three, but before that, the Lions went six for 11 on third down, 55.5%, which is obviously better than the 11 of 17 that Seattle allowed against the Rams, but it's still over that 50% figure. They want it to be under that. It's still too high uh, as in, you know, uh, it's the, the amount is too great. So... I don't know. Um, I, they just need to keep feeling it, getting better at it. And I, I think, like we've said about the offense, I get the the idea that on defense they don't really know what they're good at yet. Um, mm. And they, in terms of their coverage menu and the way that they're really going to package together a game plan. Uh, now, obviously, we need to watch the tape back. Maybe they've refined it slightly. But, you know, there's a lot of new players out there. Obviously, Reek Woolen left with, I, I think it was a chest injury. Um and Pete Howell described it after the game as sore and just pointed to the sternum, but he didn't say anything um, Doc, about doctor, what type of injury it was. Doctor Coach uh, Trey mm-hmm. Brown that gave Trey Brown his opportunity to get. Uh, was he credited with a sack? I don't know. Um, but yeah. also his pick six, where he said how he was in cover two and, and ran it back. He also had an up and down game, got beat at the back of the end zone. He's that kind of player where I think stuff like that will happen to him occasionally. But um, yeah, well, it happened to any corner, but. He 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 gives off, uh, especially on the right side, an up and down vibe to me. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I do think he probably felt feels a little better about himself after this game, though. Yeah, because he wasn't definitely. doing anything right in the first game. Yeah, this is a good um, confidence boost game. And I mean, like the interception. I mean, like he caught it, he scored on it. It's a bad throw, though. But hey, you know anything that boosts the confidence, right? Yeah. And he also had a sack on a blitz. You know the play before, like. Yeah, he did some stuff yeah. in this game. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm trying um, to find should... the sack numbers, but I don't know where to to to. Yeah, where are Goff they? was sacked twice, I think. Okay, but the um, pass rush seemed to heat up a tiny bit more. I just think it yeah. can be better than it is right now. Oh, yeah. it will Absolutely. still get better, but the the talent will continue to catch up again. I don't think this group can be more than like the dead average pass rush unit, but yeah. that might be enough though. Yeah, that, that yeah. might be enough. Also, I think one of the one structural issue they do have is they really aren't prepared for the run on third down. That's something, especially gap scheme. That's something they're going to have to figure out. The, um, the, lo- that third and four um, trap carry against two high dime, which was a very similar idea to what the Rams did on that other third and four where they they did duo, but split like uh, the tight end swapping side pre-snap. But same concept of we're, we're gap. We want to hit it downhill, and we're switch. We're switching the side up a bit uh, pre-snap. Right, we're making yeah. the three technique wrong, just in a different way. Um, and then, and that's where Ben Johnson is like really. Cre- I mean, he's creative in general. But I mean, that's he called where, like, a hell of a game, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah. The, Their offense was for week two. They had a lot of different answers, a lot of different problems that they posed for Seattle. Um, some of yeah. it worked, some of it didn't, but like everything seemed to have a real sound logic. Like he, he seems, I mean, I yeah. rate him a lot. Yeah. Some of this is just like, you know, give credit where credit is due and you know, they executed. Um, right. But yeah. So on that, on that touchdown, they had down the seam, the, the opening touchdown, the 22 yarder to, um, Reynolds down the seam. Griff, do you think that was... So I, I see three scenarios. I see that as Julian Love was supposed to match it, but that would be crazy if he didn't, like, because it was a very... Like, the stem 
to him when it was his number two. They motioned into it, which was good. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure he would have matched it if he was meant to, you know. Um, the second alternative is that uh, they were matching the other side with Kobe Bryant and that Diggs was meant to lean, which they have done in the past, right? Like the strong lean. safety and have done this season and that Diggs was meant to lean there and was slightly late because of the motion and and maybe maybe some eye candy uh, uh, in the backfield. Because yeah. uh, was that a play action as well as the jet going the other way? I think it was. Huh, I don't remember if there was a play action there. Um, I can go back and watch it real see, quick. See, the, yeah. the, the thing is... And then is, the third thing I, I wondered is if they just didn't communicate who had what on that play and and they were done. But like, it right. definitely wasn't Witherspoon because he had to sync off with... I mean, he could no, overlap. No, it, it, wasn't play, like, it wasn't play the action, by the way. safety has to get involved, right? right. So if, if when we get enough examples of them having two, two seam routes and cover three, if we see Diggs leaning at any point, to the opposite side, then we definitely know that they're not assigning a C match. And then retrospectively, we would know that was on digs. But the other thing of it is, because that was like a jet wheel into the seam. Yeah. Wheel routes trigger a different rule where you carry it, you know, kind of with inside leverage. And I wondered if, even if Love didn't have an assigned match, if he was still supposed to carry it because it was kind of a wheel. Um, yeah, because Kobe carried the wheel on his side. So maybe... Love should maybe have carried that, the wheel and Witherspoon should have squeezed over. Maybe. And that maybe. But then the other thing is if it wasn't a sign match and he dropped how he's supposed to, he's he's um hang buzzing. He's buzzing like dropping, like hinging in the seam. That's to he the should boundary. Reroute. You should reroute. And then also you don't hang like that in the onto the boundary. Only the field buzzer does that. So like the landmark wouldn't make sense, in which case you get more under the week number one. Now again, because it's a wheel route that just might be different, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I feel the other like... thing as well is if it's the red zone, maybe they just decided not to match it that week. And, but I doubt that. Maybe, maybe I doubt that. because normally if Kobe's the nickel and love is the strong safety, as we know, when they get any two by two and cover three, you got three deep, three deep <laughs> defenders. So obviously what are you going to do if there's four verticals um, aside from just, you know, conflict the free safety. Someone has to carry the fourth, the fourth seam. So they've always had the down safety, the strong safety to do it. And the nickel wouldn't do it. I feel like they've either reversed that now, where it's the nickel carrying the down safety is kind of spot dropping, or there will there will there will be situations where they will do both. And then the other thing is where it gets tricky is when you're playing twelve personnel and you're essentially in big nickel. Who really is the down safety? Who really is the nickel at that point? You know, I don't know. Uh, which which you can work out, but well, the, the... in that first Rams game, Griff Kobe was matching on his to the. It was the strong safety side was the match side every time. Okay, and to so Kobe was spot dropping then, or are you saying no, Kobe was the, no the strong safety side was the match side, and Kobe so they was zoning to the nickel. Okay, all right. So oh, then, sorry, sorry. Because I, I know he's playing all I sorts of things right now. I see your confusion now. I see your confusion. No, they were, they were, um, let me go back and watch and we'll bring it in the tape. I've confused myself here. But yeah, there was yeah. a definite side to, it was either Love or Kobe. And now I've confused myself. But there was, it was either the nickel or the strong safety side was the consistent match side. But I, I need to go back and watch. They might have changed it, which is kind of big 
as far as you know in Pete Carroll lore goes. I don't think they did. I think it was love, but I've just like because Kobe played strong safety in the preseason, I've just had a brain moment. You, anyway. you know what? You know what though? There we will probably find other examples of this game on tape where they're in cover three and they get and they two seams. Well. And we'll yeah. know who's doing what. Then we'll be able to un- dissect this game. So, or that snap, I mean. But with all of that said, the point is that that cover three seam was very preventable for a 22-yard touchdown. And the flea yeah. flicker was also quite preventable, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's yeah. two touchdowns and two big plays, like big, big 22-yard, 36-yard plays. And so there is no reason to think that just as it took a jump from week one to week two, that the pass defense won't take a jump into week three and they played the Carolina Panthers who right. uh, with I, all intense, you know, all respects and everything. They are not the offense that the lions have and they're not the offense that the Rams have. And they're also going to be on short rest. I mean, yeah, I would, I think we can say if, if you even want to eliminate, I mean, the points are still points, but even if you want to forget about the flea flicker, we can really just say it was one structural, one standard structural error this game, and one that is so simple. Love will probably never make the assignment error again. He might give up the route, but he'll never make the assignment error ever again. Um, no. So, so I mean, there is improvement here underneath so the on, hood. On, on the flea flicker, um, Ty, the Devin Witherspoon, his first game, uh, fifth yeah. overall pick. O- no. Obviously, the, the flea flicker sucks, but he had a nice uh, pass breakup in fourth and two where. Clint Hurts showed some um, gonads and he dropped eight into coverage, only rushed three. Mm. Um, also had a feet tangled thing looking back for the ball on a crossing route, mm. which I think, like, by the letter of the law, is the correct call, although yep. it's unfortunate for the Lions. But also lucky for Seattle, that ball wasn't caught because it's going for uh, six if if because Witherspoon's on the ground. Um, yep. Yeah, how did you rate the cornerbacks play? Played exclusively on the left side, didn't get any nickel work this game. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that he didn't get nickel work. I mean, I think we all kind of expected him to play on the left side and base, but maybe go into nickel and then Trey Brown or Mike Jackson plays on on the left side and when they get into their 4-2-5 stuff. But um, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought he held up fine. I think there were, you know, a lot of high moments and, you know, obviously the lows of him biting on the run and, you know, getting beat on the, the, uh, flea, fi- uh, flea flicker. But, uh, on the first, first down that he gave up, uh, to, to Reynolds, I kind of felt like Reynolds pushed off on him. I'll have to watch that back, but like, it yeah. seemed like he kind of pushed off. Um, and he, and Devin, I think ended up getting called for a penalty on that, right? For holding yeah, or something. People saying he bear hugged, but like the whole point of this, if you're not going to pull when they push off, then you're done. So you have to, yeah. like, you have to meet push offs. He was meeting the push off at the step top of the route. You have yeah. to do that. So that was, I mean, it's just the NFL that gets yeah. pulled sometimes. Uh, he had the, the re- source gardener, but yeah, he had the really nice breakup on the, on the fourth down. Um, yeah. yeah, he had a couple of nice tackles uh, on the. He had a really nice tackle on a reverse to uh, Jameer Gibbs. Like there was some nice stuff that that he was doing, and obviously we'll have to see the tape and just see you know what the the coverage looked like overall. But um, yeah, I thought as far as you know debuts go, and as far as like I mean that was literally his first NFL game action ever. He didn't play in the in the preseason, so yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think aside from the flea flicker, that though. The negative plays are like, yeah, there's that one tricky spot, like you said, with the, with the push-up. But then some of it was like, how does he play? Like, how does he squeeze um, an isolated route like, like with like a quarter right. flat or um, 
like a, a curl flat combination? How does he, how does he squeeze things against reduced splits? Like just kind of feeling the game out. Like what do I do here as opposed to how well can I do it? But aside aside from that, I, it was cool seeing his like what makes him a fifth overall pick. Seeing the talent translate immediately in the first game, like like his, how he covered those two horizontal routes, the one pass breakup on fourth down, and then the one where he got tangled up, but he was still all over the guy. Um, mm-hmm. th- that's that right there is like think about how many times Trey gave up sh- shallow routes and Kobe gave up shallow routes uh, in the first game. Mm-hmm. Think about how even uh, Reek Woolen has given those up, and he's just all over it. Like his ability to 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 close distance on those as they start to bend, and then and then keep with the um, keep with the receiver it's um it's why you draft guys fifth overall so when, it's when, what griff is things... what schneider brought up his ability to cover crosses as soon as they drafted yeah. him yeah. he immediately went to that ability to, yeah. to squeeze on crosses and if he hadn't got his feet tangled on that route he was moving into undercut position and that that might have been a crazy pick or, or another pass breakup yeah thing. yeah so yeah. See, seeing the positives translate immediately and apply immediately was pretty darn cool and the way he oh. got angry, like, well, not angry, but he was passionate with Julian Love after that touchdown that we just spoke about. Like, yeah. he, and, and on the field, he's getting, uh, like, bummed out with himself, but then bouncing back for next play. Like, you saw that kind yeah. of different wiring, kind of what Jamal Adams brings sometimes when he's on the field. Uh, you just saw it play out. So, it, um, overall, a positive for him, but, like, his best football is definitely to come. Uh, and And I think what he brings is just, you know, it's so valuable uh, for mm-hmm. the rest of the season and what they're yeah. doing coverage. Yeah. Yep, indeed. Also, Maddie, we uh, we have to mention how you said Uchen and is going to save the defense. So he forces the fumble, right? Oh, yeah. And then also the Trey Brown's pick. I mean, he's breathing hot on Goff. Clean win. It was like a it was like a jab jab club rip or like a jab double speed swipe rip. <laughs> And he corners at like six, seven yards. And his 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 path is so Don't break like, your arm, Matty. His, his his rush path is so like almost like a forty-five degree angle the whole way, mm. instead of like cornering at ninety or or a slightly softer angle. He 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 was, he played a part in two pivot pivotal turnovers. So yeah. Also, Griff, you have to we have to mention how you said Jordan Brooks is back and Jordan Brooks had a great game running sideline to sideline. Oh, yeah. Sniffed out yeah. a screen pass, was hitting. Yeah. There was a play where they ran like a pin pull from the gun and Jordan Brooks like demolished a puller and got yeah. outside yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, he, um, so we he have also, to mention that video, Griff. Yeah, yeah. He he also uh was matched up with like the weak side choice with Jamar Gibbs or um and not even choice necessarily, but angle routes. Those are extremely hard routes to cover. And he did I think that he was, handled that all right. That like, was one moment where I, I wondered if Bobby could have been doing a bit more on, on the hmm. interior there. Um especially you know, Gibbs have that drop where Greg Olson was like, Wow, he would still be running if he'd caught that. It's like, would he though? Anyway. Um, Greg, Greg Olson had a bad game. But, but like, I just like we should still put that matchup into perspective because when KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner were still in their athletic prime, they were getting eaten up by Christian McCaffrey in the, the same concept against the Panthers in 2019 and 2020. And I'm not watching those games thinking, oh, KJ can't come. Like, that's what makes Christian McCaffrey an elite running back. Like, that, that's part of it. If you want to, if you want to shut down Christian McCaffrey, you play cover two to the weak side. So that you have two zone defenders to leverage him, like it's it's a two way go with Which, no space. Which, by the way, Griff, 
is how they got the intercept, the pick six. They they played cover two to uh, mm. Trey Brown spoke about it. Uh, yeah. Julian Love checked mm. into cover two on that side because Gibbs was there, and it meant that Trey Brown was able to really focus in on that. Beautiful, love it. So yeah. you know, team ball. So yeah, Jordan Jordan had another great another good game. Um, I I do think Bobby had a like we said. I think he ha- I think he's finding himself finding out how to like provide value because I mean he's not the athlete he was, yep. but it was still perplexing. Like, why are you regressed at the things that theoretically don't rely on athleticism as much? And maybe he's figuring that out. And I posited before the game like he's not played cover. Th- he's not been in the cover three system. Now they're not only cover three now, but when they are in cover three. He hasn't been in a cover three system that plays cover three that way and features it that way really since 2020. And so, Chris, how much of it is just changed, not being back in the saddle? Do you think they've changed the cover three back a bit to how it was before last year? It seems to me well, that I they do have, think so. like the way it they're has asking to be. the hooks to drop. Yeah, and and remember last year, like they experimented, like occasionally, like like in what some games they had the pure zone are, like games and really really bad uh, elements but like of the the pre-2022 stuff right 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 like they they played around with stuff last year and i really i think their best games in cover three last year was when they were activating the hook defenders and they did let them do stuff um and in this case is you know can bobby at least just get to his landmarks when he's spot dropping um yeah so i'll be excited to see that Hmm. Um, so Lee, tape, Lee so. says in the in the chat, uh, Bobby appeared to be shooting holes much faster. I mean, most of this is because up front they're very clearly striking the guy in front of them and playing one gap football, and yeah. it just he- helps clear things up for the guys behind a lot quicker. And it um, does let Ty, them play fast. Uh, yeah. Ty, to me, that defensive performance, particularly in the fourth quarter, even though it was sloppy and they still gave up points at times, they were hit, running and hitting. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go too far, but it reminded me of certain parts of Seahawks football oh. in the past where I haven't seen them play that sure. free and aggressive for quite a while. Uh, Quandry Diggs had a massive hit. The Dow Taylor shot on uh, Jared Goff was, uh, I mean, it did look like he had the ball. Like he, he was simulating. So he's, he's mm-hmm. kind of uh, mm-hmm. not to, yeah, I'll, I'll stay away from that actually. But um, yeah, he, he, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he, it was on, on, than it may on have that looked. play. And, on that and, play, was uh, that the Lewis who did the the, the crime thing? Oh yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. The crime they had some swagger yeah. for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 filling themselves a little bit. Yeah, on that play, the the Taylor penalty was that the one that Quandre had that huge hit on. Was that Quandre or was that Brooks? Yeah, yeah. So they someone someone that's, just that's obliterated classic, like old school football, right? Like old school Seahawks yeah. because it's a ten yard run. So yeah. great play for the offense, but then here comes a post safety running like a maniac. Yeah, but you're you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, like you might get. You might get ten yards, but you're gonna pay for it. So yeah, like that was uh, that was fun. That was really cool. Um, you know, I, I think the fourth quarter performance overall was. I mean, look, they, you know, obviously they they let them back into the game, and you know, some of that is on the offense for not putting the game away, whatever. Uh, but I thought the fourth quarter performance from the defense as a whole was was not bad. Um, especially once they started to, to figure out their pass rush a little bit. I don't think we, we've talked about the pass rush a whole lot. We've talked about it a little bit here in passing, but um, they were actually, you know, able to to get Goffa off of his spot, make him uncomfortable. Uh, they started blitzing a little bit more. Uh, Jordan Brooks had had uh, one really nice blitz. Um, they were running. 
yeah, they were running um, Draymond Jones on a couple of twists, and he was able to get into the backfield that way. Uh, you know, they started they started to experiment a little bit more, and they were actually and it was actually paying off. So, um, you know, hopefully that's a sign of things here because I mean they just they so desperately need that right they so desperately need this pass rush to at least be like you said griff at least be average right I have which a again could derek be good hall, enough i have a feeling derek hall had a few good rushes i'm excited to to watch that rookie back as well um yeah griff there's a good question from derek here uh asking good coverage forces check downs but how do you keep check downs from going for 10 yards so in your base stuff when you're rushing forward not doing anything special post snap I think that's going to be a function of your pass rush, really. How, like how, because yeah. the longer the quarterback holds the ball in the pocket, the longer the linebackers have to hold their depth and also not hold their depth, but their depth is deeper too. Yeah. At that point, it's just geometry. Like your distance to the running back and the angles are greater in, in both regards. Mm -hmm. So your ability to think like Jordan Brooks, like is very fast. Bobby Wagner is not, very fast anymore but like even in um even in 2020 when they were playing well they still they still weren't as good against the running backs uh covering running backs as they were at other things even when their pass defense overall was good and if we think about that they didn't have a four-man they didn't have the dudes and they were playing a bare front in 2020 which is hard to get uh four-man rush spacing it so if you want to if you want to cap explosives and prevent targets over the intermediate and defend the check down you better have a good back seven and a good four-man rush it's just you at least can't have the bottom 10 four-man rush you need, you need to at least improve otherwise you get into second downs that's when you need to change up the change the math affect the, the running back's ability to release keep him in protection and or pressure so you have someone coming downhill on the running back um, when they do release um, and then every and then it speeds the quarterback up too so that the decisions made quicker because um, remember in, in zone coverage at its most basic form you are breaking on the football so the quicker the ball is out um, the quicker you're setting up in your zone you don't have to get as much depth uh, the quicker the ball is out the quicker you're breaking downhill to the check down so um, right. That's part of it, Derek. And then the other thing is you just play man coverage. Like if right. they're just going hitting the check down, right. then you cover the check down tight and you or or that. you or or you play a version of cover three where you're trying to basically play cover one without playing cover one. Yeah, it's cover one on one side or or, um, or basically or, or so so to illustrate that point really quick, last year, if we just look at you know my my classic week six to week eight team. And I'm using that just to illustrate this point. Over that window, they had the seventh-ranked pass defense by by uh, EPA. So over the last 12 games, they were a top-10 pass defense in 2022. Um, when they're playing cover three, their EPA against running backs over that window ranked 12th. And the way they played cover three last year was it basically took the place of cover one, really. I mean, it was versatile like we've talked about. But when they played anything but cover three, they were 32nd. So it's not a skill set problem. They have the players. It's really it's it's well, it's not a skill set problem with the back seven. It's scheme, and then it's lack of pass rush. And the scheme I don't think is bad. It's just you have to live with it. You but you have to have the the allow the pressure to get there. It's on second down where you start to in, um, introduce the change up calls, the complementary calls, to manage the running back without 
coming at the expense of what you do well at the second and third level, which what they do well at the second and third level currently is theoretical. They need to get back to what they were doing last year, but I do think it's inevitable that they get back to it. Now, okay, again, this game, with the exception of some one-on-one stuff, they actually did defend the intermediate well and the third level well this game. It really was the check down. I think probably maybe two-thirds of Goff's yardage was on air yard throws underneath like nine yards. So, yeah. Yeah, right. so overall vibes of the team, uh, things looked bleak after week one, but week two, they're now one-on-one. Uh, there's a lot of positive signs. Like, you know, as you said, they've kind of corrected some of the mistakes they had against the Rams. They certainly didn't repeat them to the extent they did in week one. They improved, right? Which is all you can ask for. And they won. And now their next upcoming games um, uh, versus at home to the Carolina Panthers, which we can get into. Then at the New York Giants, who Saquon Barkley had some like nasty-looking injury, which, and the Giants were shambolic for most of that game against the Cardinals, despite completing the comeback, along Shamb- with their, their opening uh, heavy game defeat. Uh, and then they have a bye week to get a bit healthy, which they certainly could do at this point. And then it's against the Bengals, where today Joe Burrow re-injured that calf, and uh, you know the Twitter doctors have said that they think that will linger into October, October fifteenth, when they play the Bengals. So suddenly things are looking a bit more up for the Seahawks tie. Yeah, my fantasy team is fully aware of the Joe Burrow injury. Unfortunately, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be all fantasy brand on the show. Um, yeah, no, they they have a really nice opportunity here. Uh, it seems like the stars are aligning a little bit here for uh, the Seahawks to continue to get right. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can go into that by three and one. I think there's a real good shot of that happening. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see that week four matchup with the Seahawks defense against the Giants offense with you know, how much the Seahawks defense has struggled as a whole and how much the Giants offense has struggled on the whole. I mean, mm-hmm. they obviously finished off really well today against the Cardinals, but it's also the Cardinals, like whatever. Um, so, something we'll have to give there, yeah. Something we'll have to give. Um, but, you know, uh, like let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. Um, you know, want to see what they look like against the Panthers. That's obviously not as big of a, a challenge as both the Rams and the Lions present. Um, what is that going to look like? How are, you know, Frank Reich and Josh McCown going to attack the Seahawks defense? Um, it's going to be really interesting. Um, mm. So, yeah, again, you know, uh, you look at the schedule. I mean, it's pretty favorable, uh, especially, you know, now that you take into account just the, the Bengals struggles. And if those continue by the time that you head out there, um, non-zero chance you can be four and one after the stretch. So that'd be massive. And don't forget, Jamal Adams still to come back into the picture. Yeah. The way Pete Carroll speaking was that he'll be full go in practice this week, and if he makes just these practice, guys playing more together as well, right? Like Devin Witherspoon yep. getting another game under his belt. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and yeah, if Adams makes it through practice, he'll be suiting up against the Panthers too. Uh, Griff, we've spoke about how they're kind of haven't found what they're good at yet. Isn't that typical of a Pete Carroll team? But also of how young this this team is. It's, it's kind of exciting that, you know, they've completed a win and they showed signs of improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, it, they're, they're, it's really frustrating that they're not coming out hot. They're not coming out better. The only thing that is comforting is that we have seen improvement week one to week two, like real improvement. 
mm-hmm. like actual tangibly like like themes and then where they're doing poorly they're doing poorly in areas where it makes with the exception of maybe julian love and one-on-one situations they're doing poorly where it makes sense to do poorly if you're going to do poorly beyond that like like quandary Diggs had an uncharacteristically bad first game he had a good game this game i think and i hopefully the tape shows that julian love i mean that should positively regress right like it just should it's like trey turner in philadelphia like he's not just gonna hit bad forever is he like hopefully right, it doesn't right. take till month three right for julian right. to julian another, love is the tay oscar hernandez of the seahawks exactly that's actually yeah. perfect that's actually yeah. like the perfect because i was just about to say he's not the trey turner of safeties you know but he's yeah. he's a good safety for new york right yeah. Yeah, yeah. um like this shouldn't last forever and you know like he's he's on a new team right he's on a new team there's new language those are still real things um I don't know, but uh, beyond that, like they're they're only bad in ways that if you're going to be bad, it makes sense with you know that one loan exception, and even with that, we saw a tangible improvement week one to week two, um, you know, and Copers Co. We're going to keep coping, and guys, uh, we haven't had kicker discourse yet. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, how concerned are we about Jason Myers? He obviously uh, missed a field goal in the first half. He missed was two. It? He missed two in the first half. He missed, yeah, he it missed two. A fifty-six yeah. yarder, which, like, if he'd done that on his own, you wouldn't be as concerned. But the first one was closer, right? Well, yeah the the first one was forty-five yards, and also, yeah. look, I mean, yeah, fifty-six yarder is tough to hit. I mean, it is indoors, but also, I feel like it's okay to hold Jason Myers to a higher standard when he's making you know five million dollars a year, right? At least on paper. Right. Like, I think, like, if you're paying that kind of money for a kicker, that that should be kind of the standard that you hold them to. That's not to be all yeah, toxic he's, about he, it or he's whatever. Met but that standard in the past, yeah, right? Which is why I yeah. paid that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just kind of the reality of the situation, right? Is like he should be held to that standard. You should expect him to make those kicks, right? Uh, especially under those circumstances. Um, that's what three missed kicks in the first two games. And I think that's as many as he had all last year. Mm. Um, so he yeah it's, interesting it's, to see what they do because pete historically you know he'll stick by his kicker until they absolutely have to do something like right. i wonder how many misses he has left i mean it's nice that he made his pats at the end like yeah yeah, yeah. um i also like are they able to get out of it right like i don't know what the the contract situation looks like right i you know well, it depends how bad it gets, right? Right. I mean, like at a certain point, yeah, I think you just kind of force it, even if it doesn't make sense on the books. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's like something to necessarily hit the panic button on because, again, I mean, he's been nails for pretty much most of the last, you know, four or five years. Um, so, Ty, he has um, $1.165 million guaranteed salary this year. And then the following three years of his deal is completely not guaranteed. So, okay. it seems right. fairly easy to get out of that. All right. Yeah. So, we'll see. I'm not there yet. Um, but it's definitely, you know, again, for the money that you're spending on him, I mean, it's only like a $3 million cap hit this year. But overall, for the money that you're spending on him, should be held to a higher, higher standard on that front so yeah and with kickers it's weird because like what do you do do you bring in a guy now and then risk completely destroying this kicker or do you just give him another week and go hey it's fine just kick the ball and and just hope yeah. that they're 
Okay, so interesting to see how they respond to that, what Pete Carroll says on Monday when he's asked about it on his radio show and in his press conference. He wasn't asked about it in the post-game presser, but, I mean, ultimately today in the, the the enjoyment of this win, you can say it's good that Seattle was able to overcome it this time and didn't get in their heads about it. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's why he wasn't asked about it, right? They 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 won, right? So no yeah. one cares about the, the bad kicking, right? right? But if they lost, like, that was probably going to be the first question that Pete was asked. Um. Because that's the you know it's the easiest thing to point to right you left six points out there that you could have had but um yeah you know we'll see if that continues but uh, yeah not ready to jump the gun on that just yet the the final topic I have uh, from around the league is the Denver Broncos who lost again by a point today which is mm. Seahawks relevant because mm. uh, Seattle possesses Denver's third round pick so they that's need right. Denver to lose. But they have their worst third round pick, right? How does that work? I think they have their native third round pick. Yeah. Oh. I remember there being some stipulation. Well, I think there was confusion over which and I I thought it was the native, but you could let me let me double check. Let me double check. otherwise I'm just rooting for nothing. By the way, while Ty looks this up, it's been a great weekend for sports. Newcastle United won. It's their native third round pick. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Griff, Newcastle United won. Did did the Mariners win this weekend? Ah, Maddie, you just killed the vibe, man. No, no, Maddie, no, no, no. So that it's been bad for about that. Anyway, moving on. Too soon. Denver lost, which good. Seattle uh, won. Uh, The Seahawks, not the Mariners. Uh, Formula One team, not Red Bull, won. So that was good. Um, Are you you not a Red Bull guy? Wait. Clarification on this. Apparently, it says it's unconfirmed if it's the Saints yeah, pick that's, or the Broncos pick. Yeah, it's like funky, funky, funky. Weird. What okay. does that even mean? Griff, if you're saying it's worse, shouldn't we maybe, know? Maybe you know. Like, shouldn't we know? Like, yeah, they have like announced that. Like, which don't, pick it is? Don't or, don't the teams know that? I, I would assume the teams know that. Oh, where did Griff go? Where did Griff go? It's shambles. Okay. Shambol- I, had to, I, I had to talk to the to corporate right about something right okay. it, it was about but, the draft pick I, right. I guess we're we're done anyway aren't we we're kind of done though you just had to mention the mariners maddie you just had to do it marinova it might be it, it might be they're they're only a game back but it might be i i don't feel great my thing with sports is you should always keep the faith and then when it fails it hurts more yeah, but you haven't you haven't rooted for the Mariners, so <laughs> I root for Newcastle. They're I mean, they're like the uh, the Mariners of the Premier League. They are, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, except they weren't good in two thousand and one. They right. were good in like nineteen ninety seven before I was born. I mean, hmm. the Mariners were good in ninety five. Nice, yeah, perfect, yeah. They're, 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 they're good in oh one. They're the they're good Newcastle in two thousand. They were good in ninety nine. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that um yeah if you guys have questions for us on the locked on mariners podcast head on over to twitter yeah. at lo underscore mariners let us yeah. know if you have any questions about that team make sure you watch uh griff's video on jordan brooks uh and keep an watch eye out for maddie's on uchen and the wosu yes yeah keep an eye out for our new videos this week uh subscribe to Seahawks on tape, my coffee stained mug because of how much Do coffee it. I consume writing. He consumes uh, a lot of coffee for that. Yep. Um, 
like the video. How many likes have we got on the video? We had 117 people in here, and we only have 34 likes. So that's abysmal. You guys are you guys are slacking. That's abysmal. You guys are slacking. Uh, uh, but thank you, chat, for all the comments, the interaction. Did you fix Gracie the stripe link? What? Did you fix the stripe link? Someone was saying something about the stripe link being broken. Did I fix it while doing a live stream? Yeah, I don't know. No. I can multitask. You can't multitask? No. That sounds like a I you problem. I can't multitask. That sounds like it's a you too problem. stressful. I, I will fix the stripe link. All right. Okay. All, All right. right. Love you Goodbye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.